interrupt my groove today. Been watching rain skies move away. I just don't think that I can lose, and I might just take a cruise and let the sunshine play. Something more, something new, something new. Welcome back, boys and girls, for another episode of The Approach. As always, joined by my good buddy, Drew. Drew, how are you living this evening? Um, doing well. Doing well. Happy, of course, to be joined by you on a Monday. Hope all is well with you and uh, and everyone else. You had a good weekend? Had a great weekend. Harbortown, you know, doesn't disappoint. Got a playoff. Uh, I know JT, Colin, DJ didn't have, uh, and Fitz, you know, which was personal, didn't have a great week, but Cream kind of rose to the top there with the Spieth Cantlay playoff. That was sure fun. And gosh, Harbortown looked great. What What are your thoughts as uh, we look back at Hilton Head? Yeah, I, how brutal Friday was, right? Mm-hmm. Like when they they showed the the difference in par between Thursday, Saturday, and Friday, and I think they were like 136 over par on Friday, which you know. What happens when the wind picks up around that place? But mm-hmm. to your point, Cantlay, Spieth in the playoffs, Shane Lowry was right there. Uh, so you had some big names kind of going after it. And and really, it seemed like nobody wanted it, right? Spieth right. gets in the house, and really nobody comes up and, and tries to take it from him. So, um, But, yeah, it was a good Sunday, man, a good way to kind of cap off an Easter weekend, and especially with, uh, with the Spieth win. Yeah, no doubt. And we were talking about that, you know, you're a big Spieth guy, and you gave him, you know, your buddy said an outright at, he, he was heavy in my player pool. I almost wrote him up on the Game Theory article because he was projected so low, and I went with Hatton instead, and Hatton did okay. But uh, had plenty of speed, and that was nice. Just I had over 60% of Fitzpatrick. So I had had some great five or sixes. It was just uh, yeah, tough because I had you know Varner too. It was a good week for the Game Theory because a lot of chalk bounced but yeah unfortunately i was on some of that shock but I, you know the best man won clearly on or last weekend speed couldn't hold anything the first three days it, you know his saturday 18th hole by like 18 or six inches whatever it was but <laughs> yeah i got I, I thought he lost it at, at that point i was like well you know he'll have another good week but we'll miss out on the win but link thankfully he was holding out out of every bunker he got into last week <laughs> Yeah. I mean, just the, the the way that it began on Sunday, right? And to your point, Saturday, he gets up, he has, what, 12 feet for birdie, ends up walking away with five. It's kind of like a, just a mental hiccup by him not taking his time. But then when we get to Sunday, he eagles the first two par fives of the day, gets himself tied for the lead. And then you're starting to think, man, that, that putt on Saturday afternoon is really going to come back to haunt him here. Uh, and it's just wild to fact that he still lost two and a half strokes on the green and ended up winning. That's mm-hmm. how his ball striking has kind of just completely turned for for the better. And I know that you and I have talked on how his pre-shot routine looks funny and it's awkward, but he's getting the ball, the club in the right spots. And and again, if he's hitting the ball well, you would think that the putting eventually comes around. Uh, I mean, hell, I know he lost almost seven and a half strokes at Valero a few weeks ago, so it's just not been there. Um, so for him to be able to get it done, uh, especially against the competition coming down the stretch, was was certainly impressive. And and again, it, it shows his short game in the on the playoff. You know, they both hit in the bunker. Of course, Cantlay unfortunately has the fried egg. Spieth hits it up in a tapping range. All the pressures on Patrick Cantlay, and and Spieth just makes those kind of shots, gets himself out of trouble, and and it might not always look pretty, but uh, but he's definitely swinging the club well at this point. Yeah, and last week we talked um, about Spieth when we ran through the board. And one thing I said, 
you know, it, it was a classic case of recency bias. He missed the cut, the Masters, the first time doing it. But he, he was, you know, a lot of people were touting him at the Masters because of how well he played at Valero. Uh, maybe crushed it TD t- Green that week and then misses the cut at the Masters. And then he's all the way back down to like 4% percent owned. And we know how much variance there is in golf. And, you know, the Masters is a whole different thing. It's great course history there. But uh, hard, hard not to... Uh, at least include some Jordan speed at 4% or see yeah, a sub 5% owned at a course. He's actually done well before and also showing kind of great form ball striking. So, and I, and I think it's such a good notice to, if you believe in something and you're committed to it, then just keep up with it. Cause every, I was watching golf channel today and, you know, we know for the last, three or four months, everyone has been critiquing his swing and his pre-shot routine. Every announcer has been talking about how he's in his own head and he just needs to free it up. And he didn't listen to all that bullshit and he kept doing it. And he's right. now hitting the ball, hitting the ball. Great. So, yeah. uh, and then, and then, and then I'll just say one more thing. I was switching to the golf channel today and they totally flipped their script saying that Jordan's now going to compete in every major the rest of the year because his ball striking is where it needs to be. I'm like, gosh, you know, they, yeah, they're they're eating their words there a little bit. Yeah, and it's so easy to to see what he's doing with the pre-shot routine and think, okay, this is this he's 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 wandering, he's trying to find something. But then you look at the strokes gain statistics, and I know we don't have a lot for the Masters, but just Valero, I, I mean, ten point nine t to green last week, thirteen point three t to green. Like his game was trending in this direction, right? And that's why when we talked last Monday, I wasn't on the train, but it's like it's coming together. I can't hop off now. And, right. and I bet Spieth kind of blindly to an extent. Uh, so it's nice when things work out for me like this. But but it's definitely trending. And uh, and I do think to to that point, and of course, Golf Channel, you want to talk about recency bias, you know, how somebody wins one time and it's like, oh, you know, he could, how many majors is he going to win? And, you know, right. that's kind of the game that they play. But, but when you look at the major championships and the venues this year, they do really set up nicely for Jordan Spieth. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But again, I think that this narrative that he was searching for stuff like can speed can compete anywhere. And I think as long as he keeps hitting the ball like this, he'll get it hopefully going with the putter, but yeah, he could have a big year. And again, it's just, it's hard to see guys winning three, four times a year. I mean, take out Scotty Scheffler and what he's done. It's just not the norm anymore on tour. You win two times, you win three times. It's a player of the year caliber year. It's just the, the, the competition so widespread at this point. You can't expect guys to win every week. And Spieth's always under a microscope. That's because he's a polarizing player and, and just the way he goes about his business. Um, but, yeah, just awesome to see him win. I think anytime he wins, it's good for golf and and definitely good for uh, for the tournament last week. Yeah, I mean, gosh, Harbortown looked great. And it, what, what a fun course. And, gosh, I thought Spieth was in – like, we'll, we'll finish talking about it. We'll turn the page. But I thought he was dead – I know we after Saturday on 18, but on nine yesterday, he had a great drive. They got, gosh, such an unlucky break in the bunker right against the lip. You know, I wasn't there, but I, gosh, it kind of looked like he could go at the pin and get it out that way. Elected to go right. Bogey, you know, three putted that hole, I think. You know, got a, got a bogey, or I think he two putted. But anyway, uh, I thought he was out, but like you said, nobody wanted to take it from him. And he, just sat atop of the leaderboard for about an hour and nobody got up there except for Cantlay on 17. But uh, yeah, good for him. Now we turn the page to a, a unique event 
you know, it's not as a as a better and a DFSer. It's not the most exciting event to do. It's you know, it's an it's a cut event, but it's almost like a no cut with the field. Uh, it's hard to cap. It's hard to get accurate ownership projections. It's just tricky. What's your overall thoughts as we uh, start thinking about strategy for the Zurich? Well, yeah, to your point, it's definitely hard because now we have to we're we're adding a whole different person and element into conversation, right? And then we throw in the two separate scenarios with a best ball and an alternate shot. Um, and so for me, it's like so the favorites right now are Hovland and Morikawa, which I find interesting. Like great team, right? Like on paper they should win, but their flaws and their games are so similar. And and so when you're looking at it from like that perspective, it's like it do, is that something that you take high in consideration in? Or if we're talking about DFS showdown, right, are there certain players that we can identify that we think are set up better for alternate shot on a specific day or that are favored in best ball, right? And so there's there's guys that – there are teams that I'll be looking for um, in doing that are you, – you're looking at best ball scenario. You want guys that birdie are better, right? You want guys that yeah. can make a lot of birdies. And then on the flip side, you go to the next day, and it's kind of bogey avoidance, guys, right? Because you can get yourself and get your partner in, in trouble with alternate shot. And that's why we see a lot of the 58s and whatnot on, on Thursday. And then you're just trying to hold on on Friday and Sunday. So it's definitely a tougher element with handicapping it. Um, I'll be interested to see how it, show, it shakes out as far as ownership goes. Because, I mean, with those top two teams, with with Vic and Morikawa and X and uh, Cantlay, especially Cantlay coming off a nice week. Um, I do like some of the other options at the top of the board, but do you find any benefit in potentially kind of playing the two different sides as far as format goes? Is there any benefit there? I know it's kind of hard to pinpoint what exactly you're looking at to kind of gain an advantage, but I don't know if there's one there or not, but there, there certainly may be. Well, I really love your point about like, I'm leaning heavily on birdie or better, just like, you know, we've seen this event in the past. And even if you know, look at your own like club, you know, member, member or member guest, you know how you have to score because, you know, we know. But yeah, so I'm really leaning on the, the birdie or better kind of percentages, people who can kind of score really well, even on the second day when it's alternate shot. It, you, people are going to go low. You need to go low to, to kind of win, win this event as a team. And uh, yeah, I, again, it's just hard to judge. We could throw strokes gain data out there. And so this, I'm really just leaning heavily on what are people not going to do? I, I, it's hard to, to see Victor and Colin, not one of the highest owned that, you know, can they win? Yeah. They're, they're super talented. You know, Cantlay, we know how he's kind of trending nicely, played really well uh, you know, at the masters at the Sunday, especially, and then played well last week. Also, Xander is kind of sneaky, kind of playing well. Um, and so I kind of prefer, cause I think they will be severely under owned. And maybe severely is not the right word, but uh, I think they'll be under own. I think people are going to start their lineups with Hovland and Morikawa and then go right to uh, either Neiman or Gooch and Homa group. And so Neiman is with Mito. That, that, that's the, that's the next, next click for a lot of people. You know, the salary structure where you could put in, uh, put in like a Billy Ho, but then you're getting low key in the six, uh, 6K group. The other thing I'll just say, you don't have ownership projections right now, but the Davis Riley Willie Z group seems to be getting a lot of steam right now. They may be chalk. That might be everyone's third selection. 
So I'm just trying to imagine how people are picking. I, I, this is not a week. I, I don't feel like you should max enter. I think you, you kind of limit your exposure here. You maybe you do a single entry or three entry max. Uh, you're not, not the best week for DFS. Well, any, any thoughts strategy wise you have? Yeah. I mean, it, that's to your point. It, it's, it's way more difficult because now everything's condensed into a team aspect, right? So it's, there's not going to be as many lineups. There's going to be way more duplicated lineups, I guess I'll say, because to your point, I think people will go down the board like that. I, I just, it's to your point. I, I don't like this week for DFS. I'll play some just because I have to have some skin in the game right. just because it's going to be fun. Right. And, and, and I do really like this tournament from a viewership perspective. And sometimes that's the way it shakes out, man. Like sometimes the, these different events aren't the greatest from a DFS perspective. And sometimes they are. This one's a little bit different. We don't see the team aspect quite, you know, very often. So, yeah, I, I definitely with you limit exposure. Don't go crazy this week. Um, and I also think. How much do you read into strokes gain data? Because it's completely different from what we see week to week, right? It's the, the best ball guys can essentially fire one OB on Thursday and be picked up by their teammate, right? It's hard to take all the data into a, into, you know, consideration this week because it's not going to hold true to an extent because it's not the same kind of golf. We're going to see on Friday conservative play, right? Guys hitting iron guys going for the center of greens. Like it's just, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what I want to look at. Uh, but as I think we both agree, birdie or better is kind of like the starting point for me. And that's kind of how I'll throw together my, uh, you know, three to five lineups. Yeah. And if you if you want, like, course statistics and that's what you're into, I, I will lean heavily on 30, almost 30 percent of approach shots come from 200 plus yards. You know, that's interesting because the tour average is at 22 percent. That's almost an 8 percent difference. That's um quite quite a lot um and so yeah. long irons and then kind of scrambling with those long approaches also wedges would be important uh two average with you know under between 75 and 100 is six percent you got almost nine percent here so long irons, short irons that's what you really want to lean heavily on you know this is a tpc course we know there's water here driving accuracy is a little bit of a premium but again it's hard to really gauge that because on day one you, your your teammate can carry a uh, green regulation percentage is key. I know the golfers love that this event isn't in, I think it used to be in like June or something down in New Orleans, which is hot. As hell. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they, they're so glad it's now in, you know, kind of late April. Uh, but that, but that's, yeah, that's all really I'm looking at. Well, look, we, we talked about Hovland and we talked about Cantley Alexander. Why don't you just share a few groups that your teams, I guess I should say, that's that got getting your eye that you may include, and we'll go from there. Yeah, um, I I do like the Billy Ho Burns group. I think that they're yeah. that pairing kind of it feeds off each other really well. I expect big things, but I'm going right back to Scotty Scheffler. By the way, Ryan Palmer gets the best teammates yeah. in this <laughs> event out of anybody. It's it's incredible. Politicking. Um, yeah, yeah, right. But I'm going to ride the Scotty Scheffler train again. Again, I, I think Ryan Palmer always plays well in this event. You could argue that's because he always has a, a you know a, a great partner. But I really like the Scotty Scheffler Ryan Palmer group. I also like Horschel Burns. I wanted your opinion on Cam Smith, Mark Leishman. Cam Smith had a bad week last week. Mark Leishman not necessarily trending greatly. 
you think that this could be the group kind of up top in the 10K range that goes the lowest owned? I know, and I know they're the defending champions, by the way. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they very well could. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. You know, speaking of recency bias, Cam's miscut at Hilton Head's gonna throw people away. Mark's not. Mark's not playing that well lately. Right. Uh, kind of uh, kind of a bummer for him. So yeah, I think he'll he'll go. One of the one of the low that group will go one of the lowest zones. I'll, I'll kind of just share a few. You know, I'm staying away from Scotty and Palmer's group, but I could obviously I know why you like it. I, I want to just ditto your fact on Herschel Burns. This is a Burns score, and it's a Herschel. I mean, this is course I just feel like made for them. I mean, Herschel, I think, has had success here before. He's won here before it was a team event, so it, yep. you know he obviously course history. I, but I really think he was a great DFS play. I want to get some after ownerships, but. It just feels like if Tommy Fleetwood is going to get a win on tour, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an event like this. Play yeah. well, play well at Hilton Head. Sergio kind of played well at the Masters. That that's a kind of a fun team right there. And the same thing for Mito. It'd be so kind of trolling for so many people that Mito get his first win at this team event. But they're popular. A lot of people are betting on them. But I, they're both playing well. Mito kind of is, is showing his potential. He played especially the first couple of days and Hilton had really, really well. Uh, good to, good to see that. And we know, we know what Neiman's year is. Gooch Homa's group. Everybody's talking about them. I, I will not, uh, I'm going to up, they're a fine play. I'm just not going to talk about it because everyone's uh, talking, talking about it, but I do want to get to uh, one play in the sickle range. And that is, I'm going to scroll all the way down and that's Kevin Chapel, who I think is Chappie. with, yeah, the chapel with, uh, who is he with? James Hahn, I believe, is he with? So I'm, I'm a big, big Hahn guy. But we know with Kevin Chapel, you know, injuries, everything. He's had a tough kind of go over the late, but turning his game around, kind of trending nicely. You know, you're going to need, if you're going to fit some of the studs in, you're going to need a 6K team. And that's my favorite. He's coming off two top 20 place finishes. Chapel is. Uh, played well at the Valero. He's had good course history. But, you know, ball strike is coming around and he's a. Uh, and that we're in his past before the injury, a great ball striker. That's that's my sicko range play. Uh, again, not overly confident because you just don't know how both these guys are going to play well together. But what about you? If you had to finish out maybe your card or your DFS pool, what other guys or teams are you looking at? Not quite sicko range, but I'm I'm getting more and more intrigued by the Gim McNeely uh, matchup. Both guys who can make birdies and bunches. Uh, I think they're right there in the mid seven seventy seven hundred range, and then a little bit further down the board, uh, our guy Matt Neesmith and Aaron Rye, both very good ball strikers. I like that as well. Um, what about? And this is a little higher up. I think we're at eight k. I just wanted to touch on this. Adam Hadwin, Adam Svensson, um, both playing pretty good golf. Uh, any interest in that team? That team may be uh, uh, somewhat of a highly owned team there as well. But uh, but I think recent form and kind of the way that those guys are are really striking the ball approach wise pretty well. They're they're an intriguing group right there at eight K for me. Yeah, I, I like that, and I'm not going to talk you off it. I might I'm probably doing a more of a stars and scrub approach this week just because in very small field because of the teams. Six K goes very under owned, so if you're looking for leverage, you can just pick one six K team, and that might be enough leverage, especially if they're under sixty six hundred. Um, so yeah, I'm doing a scars and scrub approach that I might not be able to get there, but I, I don't I don't hate that at all. Yeah, and I I think the stars and scrubs may just be the way to go. 
if you can find a team in the 6K range that can top 15 for you, I think you're in really good shape, especially if, I mean, you fully expect if you're rolling with Hoblet and Morikawa, the worst they're going to do is top 10. That's the way I at least think about it. They're too talented in this field. Um, but yeah, then if you can find somebody in the, the 9K range, I agree with you. Gooch and Homa will be super chalk. I did really like the Fleetwood Garcia. I know yeah. Fleetwood's playing better. Garcia has been somewhat up and down. The um, The approach numbers for in the last 24 for Fleetwood and Garcia are actually strange to me, especially with how well Fleetwood's been playing. <laughs> but if you break it down last five, last 12, Fleetwood's, you can see the trends there. And Sergio is just a known ball striker, right? So right. I think that team, they can just get some putts to roll in. That's going to be the kind of the Achilles heel. But if you give yourself enough opportunities, especially on that Thursday, Saturday, best ball. Again, I think it's more of a go low Thursday, Saturday, hang on Friday, Sunday, kind of keep yourself in contention. Uh, and then anything can happen in alternate shot. I think alternate shots, one of the most fun styles of golf to watch. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite in the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup. And as you probably know, you played member gas, member members, alternate shots, always a wild time, especially when you yep. throw golfers of the 10 to 25 handicap, put yourself in some interesting positions, even if it's modified, um, which mm-hmm. I believe it's going to be this week as well, where both guys tee off and kind of go from there. But it also yeah. brings in some strategy element, right? Yeah. Where do I want you playing, right? Do I want you playing the par threes? And this week we have all four par threes over 200 yards. You have four par fours over 470 yards, which hints to your your long iron play. So uh, so it'll be interesting, and, and I think there's lots of different ways you can take it this week. Again, how confident are you or can you be? I'm not sure if – on a normal week, you can kind of have data back you up a little bit, but adding the, the element of a team game as well as the format kind of leads some, you know, worrisome thoughts in the back of your mind come Wednesday night. Yeah, and well said. And this is an interesting stretch of golf. And I, well, I do want to piggyback off what you said about the alternate shot. In our in our member um, – member member which is actually the weekend of the pga championship so it's gonna be nuts but yeah the we play the you know, two rounds before you do a shootout and for one nine it's chapman alternate shot and i love it and that's where you, you both hit a drive and then you both play each other's approach shots yeah and then after you hit two shots you pick which ball you know you're going to play and it's like scramble from there and so basically if someone hits a green regulation you know, the other person has to putt first. Uh, so it's yeah, not scramble, but you just finish it out and alternate the regular, but it's Chapman. So it, it, it's fun and it's a great, yeah, there is strategy, you know, how, you know, you, I think I was watching or reading somewhere that you people kind of plan out Well, I want to be driving on the par fives. And this guy wants to make sure that he can hit the first shot on a par three, but yeah, it's an interesting, weird, weird stretch of golf. We got the Mexico open next week. We got, Wells Fargo, the week of the Kentucky Derby, that uh, that show that Monday, we're going to do uh, – we'll talk about the Wells Fargo, but we're going to do a little little derby prep too. So you'll have to do your uh, Kentucky I'll do Derby homework. research. Yeah, do your homework, Kentucky Derby. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll give out some some ponies there too. But, yeah, this, this week is what it is. It's kind of a lighter week, so we're being lighter. Drew, anything else? on your mind it's you're talking about strategy style or anything else before we we close up no i think we kind of hit on it you know i you touched on the point alternate shot i always remember any of the member guests i played in 
always be drinking beer the night before, going through the scorecard with your boy, saying, hey, where do you want to tee off? Where do you, I want you to tee off? Um, it's a fun week. Again, I think your point of not overexposing yourself this week and kind of moving on. And, and again, we don't have to go full-blown every week when we talk about how we're building our lineups and how much exposure we need. Maybe this is a good week to take a little bit of a you know step back. Whatever it may be, uh, just make sure it's uh, it's fun and uh, all within uh, your means. Very well said. Now, last thing I'll just say, if you are entering in the large tournaments, we say it, leave salary on the table. It's even more important maybe in weeks like this. Why? Because the field is smaller. But also, we were talking before we went live, we have teams that nobody is going to roster. And so that even shrinks the field more. There's going to be so many dupes lineups. Like nobody is playing the Haas family. Like if you're playing DA points and you're playing Robert Garrigus and Bo Van Pelt, like, no, I'm not trying to hate on them, but sorry, they're just, they're not competing. And watch watch them get a top five. Now I said this, but point being is leave salary on the table because people are going to try to cram in. Uh, as much salary in their lineups as they can because they don't want to go down to Bo Van Pelt. So, hey, I, leave salary on the table. That's a way to get contrarian if you're in the, the big contest. But I rec- I, you know, I'm personally, it sounds like you are too, doing small, smaller single entry. We're saving the bankroll this week and maybe just uh, enjoy watching a team event. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'm sure we'll both have a little bit of skin in the game just to make, oh, sh- yeah. make that sweat Friday. But uh but I, I will enjoy watching this one because uh, I do oh, like no the team aspect of it. Uh, but, yeah, if you're betting those guys that you mentioned, you might want to call that gambling hotline if you're going to roll with Jay and <laughs> yeah. Bill Haas. Um, but, no, have fun with it. And, uh, and again, I hope everybody has a fun week. And I'm excited about Mex- next week. Mexico is a good one. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll look forward to breaking that one down as well. Yeah, and then we roll into – Wells Fargo, which would be fun, and we go to Craig Ranch, then then Southern Hills, and that'll be great. Uh, then things really get cooking, where it's just a couple weeks between the U.S. Open, a couple weeks between the Open. Uh, and I've played like- Craig's Ranch, so I can uh, I have a little bit of insight on that track. Um, and then Quail Hollow is one of the best on tour. So yeah, so we're we're heading into some good uh, good stuff, and before we know it, we'll be talking uh, you know the next major. So no doubt about to it, it, man. Yeah, good luck, everybody, this week. Drew, appreciate your time this evening. Absolutely. Have a great night, man.